Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. All right, so this is a, is a packed podcast, Jason. Um, I'm Jason Whiteley here with Jason Wheeler, and we are still social distancing. Uh, there is very little uh, beer selection out there and in my fridge as well, so I'm sticking with the sparkling water that I have from LaCroix. I'm doing the same, pink grapefruit. Exactly. Uh, but, but, you know, <laughs> in the past few podcasts, we have talked off and on to the public relations guy at the Texas Workforce Commission, a guy named Cisco Gomez. And, and he gives yeah. us as much as he can, as much as he knows. But Jason, you finally got through to the top guy at the Workforce Commission because yeah. everyone's talking about the unemployment. A record number of people have filed for it nationally. A record number of people are filing for it in the state, Jason. Yeah. Uh, so his name is Ed Cerna. He is the executive director at the Texas Workforce Commission. And I'll, I'm going to give him this. You know, a lot of people are, are hating the Texas Workforce Commission right now. This man sat and talked to me for like 30 something minutes. And I've pulled the best of that here because some of it gets really down in the weeds. Uh, but he answered everything I asked him. And uh, he really gave a lot of his time for this. And, you know, he's swamped right now. And basically, we talked first about uh, the calls that are coming in. I mean, they've just been swamped with calls. If you've been trying to get through the TWC on the phone, you know it's almost impossible to do uh, because you're competing with so many other people. Jason, you talk about record unemployment. They've had 1.3 million people file for unemployment in Texas in about a month's time. That is almost twice what they saw in all of 2019 twice in one month. Hmm. So they've been inundated. The good news is a lot of people are getting benefits right now. The bad news is a lot of people can't get through to get their benefits. So I started talking to him about some of the more common reasons people are calling right now. Maybe some of this can answer some people's questions and they won't need to call in anymore. And maybe they can free up those lines for people who absolutely have to get through. So let's talk about some of the most common things that people are filling up those lines to the TWC for. Don't worry. Which, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to uh, set you up. You know, when you when you get through and and you complete your claim, we're going to set you up for the minimum, which is two hundred and seven dollars a month, plus the six hundred. So that's I'm not, not a month. I'm sorry, a week. So it's two hundred and seven dollars a week plus the six hundred a week. Set you up for the minimum. When you complete your tax return with all the schedules, contact us send that to us, and then we will readjust that minimum that you were getting, which will okay. be it's a minimum. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and and I, I wanted to ask you about this extra 13 weeks of federal benefits. A lot of people have been wondering, when does that part of the software get in there? When can they start looking at me to extend my benefits? They just ran out. I need to keep going. Do we have a timeline yet on that? Uh, yes, sir, we do. As a matter of fact, we believe that sometime, uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll have all the coding changes made. Uh, that's another group of individuals that we know 
who those, who those individuals are in that population. And we are going to be proactively reaching out to them with some messaging that says, here's what you need to do. Here's what's going to happen. And um, we will take you back to the date that you, uh, that your uh, benefits expired. So we'll get you caught up and it'll include the $600. Uh, now the $600 only goes back to the week of April the 4th because right. that's when the CARES Act came into effect. But if someone's benefits expired middle of March or into March, uh, we'll take the benefits back uh, further, but the uh, the pandemic assistance, the $600 will start uh, April the 4th. Uh, okay, and so in a couple of weeks, you guys will be able to start applying those things. Yes, sir, we actually will. Um, I, I know this doesn't sound like any consolation to the people that are still waiting for benefits or the people that are concerned about their benefits expiring. But uh, I'm very proud to say that Texas is one of uh, only a handful, small handful of states that are actually paying out uh, benefits to uh, self-employed and contract employees and uh, paying the $600. And we're trying to be one of the first states uh, to get to the uh, 13 weeks also. Let me ask you, so so, so the call volume is still high right now. A lot of these people who are calling are having trouble with this whole issue, too, of uh, not remembering their username, their password, their PIN. Uh, what can be done to help those people? A lot of them, it seemed like we're getting some success by emailing in and then getting some information back on how to fix that. Is there a system yet? I mean, we're several weeks into this now, and I've heard from uh, a number of people who say that they've been trying for a couple of weeks to get through, and they just can't. What What can they do? Well, we, we've done a couple of things. Uh, so maybe if you have a couple of names, you can, you can send them to me later. But one, we reset pretty much everybody's pin and password um, that had, uh, had established that probably through 20 2016, 2017, or older. Uh, and I would granted, we know that people people still don't uh, may not remember from a couple of years ago. I don't remember from a couple of days ago <laughs> if I password and don't write it down. Uh, which my security folks are not going to get all gripey at me because I said I write down my passwords. <laughs> but um, the the, rea- the reality is, we we know who's kind of bumping into that, and we've got a whole another group of people that have just started making calls out at various times in the day. Um, our director of uh, external relations, which is basically communications and all, uh, when he has free time uh, towards the end of the day, he'll he'll call a couple of dozen people and just reset the pin and password. Okay. And, and that's something that's new to where you guys are reaching back like that, that just started recently? Yes, sir. For, for that group, because we, we know who you are. We know who you, that you tried to log in and you may have locked yourself out or something like that. Uh, so we're, we're getting, we're distributing those lists out to be outbound calls. Uh, and then of course, uh, the fact that we did this kind of mass reset uh, to kind of help with that too. So so if I'm one of those people swept up in that mass reset, what do I do now? Uh, what what happens? You, you'll, you, uh, you might get a call for, I say might because um, one of two things is gonna happen. You can keep trying to call us the, the call volumes are still high, but we're doing some other stuff I'm going to talk about to move call volumes down. Mm-hmm. And we're reaching out to everybody that we know has got a PIN password problem to get that reset. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll get to you and we'll get that reset for you. If you've auto reset it though, if I'm in that batch of people, what will I notice different though? Do I just need to go back to the site and do something? Go back to the site and try again, and, it, and it's almost like you're starting fresh again. 
Okay, so it's like starting over. Right. Yeah, okay. we pretty much reset it to it's not there. So, like, basically, you've uh, in a in a way, for my purposes, kind of taken me out of the system so that I don't have some previous identity in there, and I just create one. Yes, sir. Okay, perfect. You, you, you've taken that pin and password out there to where you're you're creating a fresh pin and password. You all your information is still there. We didn't wipe the we didn't wipe your previous information. We just wiped that pin password. Again, this is uh, Ed Cerna, the executive director of the Texas Workforce Commission, uh, kind of giving us the lowdown on what is happening behind the scenes. Interesting thing, Jason. He says that, you know, they're trying to, you know, mitigate how many people are having to call in. So many of these people are applying for PUA, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. Uh, You know, they're self-employed, contract workers, gig workers. They've never been through this process before. And they're, you know, they don't, they have a lot of questions. So they're calling in and a lot of them are seeing zero benefit or ineligible when they file for benefits. And that's making them call. Well, now the TWC is working on things behind the scenes. You heard him referring to that, where they're auto-filing for a lot of these people. They're getting in there and changing their applications from behind the Mm. scenes so that they can remedy that because people can't get in and fix it themselves. So hopefully that'll start to really spread and they'll get those people taken care of so they don't have to call in and they can actually start getting benefits. Ed Ed shared a staggering figure with with you, and that is they have paid out $1.7 billion so far in benefits that's a stunning. Who knows of money. if they're at the top of the hill yet as far as processing these things? One point seven billion dollars already paid out. How much do they have left in their checking account? Nine hundred million. So they've already spent two thirds of it here. I and they're burning it faster as they go. Absolutely. He says. So it's starting to burn. Yeah, faster, they're working seven is. days a week. They weren't set up to do that. But when I heard that figure, I was about to interview the state comptroller, uh, who's in charge of the state checking account, essentially. His name's Glenn Hager. And I asked him, I said, so what happens if the Texas Workforce Commission, as is paying out these unemployment benefits, what happens if they burn through that $900 million they have left in the account? He said, well, at that point, we're going to have to do what a lot of states are doing right now. And that is reaching out to the federal government and asking for a loan. That The TWC has already started doing that. You know that things are crazy yeah. when your unemployment office is now borrowing money. But they say, everybody's going to get paid here. If you're due benefits, you're going to get paid. Don't freak out because of this. This is just an unprecedented situation. It is. And what what exacerbates the, the, the situation, I think, is that the Texas Workforce Commission was not set up for this. They, they've you know gradually tried to ramp up their hours, ramp up the number of callers. They're now seven days a week, I think seven to seven now. Uh, Monday through Sunday. So they're they're working their tails off, but they weren't set up for this and they're burning through that cash. Let's listen to the rest of what Ed told Jason. We have a very old system that was built back in the 90s. We had, um, we were just completing or in the, in the negotiation phase to begin uh, contracts to replace that system, about a two to three year project. And we had to stop all that because of this. So we're working with uh, an old system that was never designed for this kind of volume. I was going to ask you going forward, because, you know, we don't know what the future holds, obviously. We don't know if we'll see more waves of this. We don't know how long this is going to, you know, uh, be affecting the economy here. What do you do as far as all of this staff goes and all of these call centers and all of this infrastructure that's been put in place to deal with this crush of people? Let's say this tapers off for several weeks. Do we start sending those people home and closing those call centers? And then what if it happens again? We've been thinking about that for for two things. One, what if this happens again? What if there's a 
that bounce spike that I keep hearing about in the fall and in the winter, uh, which I hope doesn't happen, but 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 could happen. Uh, as much as we can, you know, taxpayers don't want us to have expensive resources sitting idle, paying for them, you know, for when the fire comes. But as much as we can, we're going to try to keep those outside call centers available to us. You know, we operate four call centers year round. So we know we have four. The staff, we've moved probably over a thousand people inside of TWC to help handle claims. They're not necessarily taking uh, calls because it takes long time to get up to speed on that. But they're, they're, they're following up on assignments. They're calling out on the pin password. Uh, they're returning calls, things like that. They're doing research. We're going to keep those people trained and sort of have a reserve army, if you will. So if this starts happening again, we will immediately call them up. And we're going to try to keep on contract, though maybe a retainer, not a active contract, uh, these call centers so we can spin them up even quicker. We've already got a plan. We haven't written it down in a, in a notebook, but we have a plan on scratch paper, so to speak, that says, here's how we're going to wind down, but keep the resources. And then here's how we're going to react. If we start seeing that uptick again, here's how we're going, going to immediately react. How are you going to have enough money for all of this state benefit wise? Because people pay into this system, but we never counted on something like this. How will you have enough money for this going forward? Well, first of all, let me let me assure everybody, you will get a benefit. It's not going to be a reduced benefit because we're running out of money. It'll be the benefit you deserve, the benefit that you've earned, uh, plus the pandemic uh, extra extra funds. Uh, what we're doing is if our trust fund, and it will, uh, get completely depleted, the, we can borrow on a sh- uh, interest-free from the federal government. And we've already put in requests for at least two installments uh, so we can have the money coming in before we ever run out of funds. Uh, and we'll just do that as much as we need to. Um, and then we'll, um, then we work out with the federal government, the long-term um, repayment of that. So how, we're, we're gonna... I was going to say, how long do you anticipate before we get to that trust fund being depleted and you needing those funding, that, that funding? Um, well, the trust fund balance was was uh, probably somewhere around two billion or just under two billion. We paid out one point seven million. I will tell you on Monday, one point seven billion, right? B- billion okay. with a B. Yeah, we paid out one point seven billion with a B. Uh, but that is since the beginning of of this uh, emergency. Uh, but I will tell you on Monday that number was about nine hundred and sixty plus million. So the payouts are ramping up pretty fast. Um, it'll probably be um, you know, a matter of a couple of weeks before, or maybe even sooner, uh, maybe, maybe next week before we deplete what was originally in the trust fund, but we will already have other funds there. Okay, so you know, the, reassuring that they're going to keep on paying the benefits there. Uh, not so reassuring that you know they're running out of money themselves here. Uh, but you know, and and as you say, Jason, we don't know when we get to the height of this as far as the money going out. Hopefully, it's not too far away. Uh, so while people are filing for unemployment because they've lost their jobs, a lot of people have been depending, especially on these checks from the IRS and the Treasury Department. A lot of people call them stimulus checks, but it's it's basically emergency relief. And yet so many people are still waiting on that relief to arrive. 
Jason, we've heard from multiple people. Uh, one woman we had on on our one of our earliest podcasts, woman Tracy Scott, who runs Black Women's Caucus, she texted me and said, "Look Black at this." Black Women's Pack. Black Women's Pack. That's the political action committee for um, for the state of Texas. But she she texted me and said, "Can can you believe this? The IRS deposited my money." And Bank of America to my social security number, Jeez. not to my bank of account, my bank account number. Uh. So she's now trying to get her check. She doesn't know when that's going to come through. She's just one of many. And Jason, you've heard from a lot of different people. And two of them agreed to call us uh, on the podcast here. A woman named Coco Jones and another woman named Claudia Hernandez. And, and they need this money. They need it badly. And they have no idea when it's going to show up. What is going on? on with your IRS stimulus check, Claudia? I did not receive it. Uh, I checked on Monday the 15th because um, it said that that's when I was scheduled to receive it. Unfortunately, um, when I went in, I looked at the four numbers that were there stating to the, what that was supposed to be my bank account. It was two number, four numbers that I've never seen that account that's not the feeling that you were looking to have when you were told that you were going to get your money there. Do you know how many times I have seen this where people say, good news is I got my money. Bad news is I didn't get my money because it went to somebody else's account, apparently. Yes. And you know what? I was waiting for it because to pay for my utility bills, for my rent, to help out my husband because he's working right now. The only one I'm not working because of the whole COVID-19. I just wanted it so I can release some stress from him and have a little bit of extra money from that to be able to be like, okay, let's have a breathe. We're okay for the, the at least this month's rent and my utility bills. So Claudia, what's going on there? This, this doesn't relieve any stress. Are you, ha- are you behind on your bills now? Or are you still just, you know, trying to make the stretch your pennies as far as it can go or what? I'm honestly, I'm behind on my bills. I haven't been able to pay. Um, so yeah, we're basically stretching out at least every penny out of his check. What has the bank said? They did not receive anything. They don't even know where that number is from. And the bad part is you can't just pick up the phone and call the IRS like you normally would because the phones have been suspended out. And so did they send you any kind of correspondence with this, like an email, a letter, anything to say, Hey, we sent you the money, but in case you didn't get it, here's what you do. You know what? I went onto the IRS that same morning and I went into and found a, an email and I sent an email with my information and that's been already what it's already going to be two weeks and I still have not received anything, no response, no letter in the mail, nothing whatsoever. Claudia, how are you holding up right now? You and your family? Yeah, it's right now we're okay. I can say we're at our best. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of rough right now, to be honest with you. This doesn't help you get any sleep at night, I bet, huh? Not really, because it's just like constantly running in my head. What are we going to do next? And your hours are somehow being cut off. What are we going to, how much money is going to come in? What well, do we have What to are you going to do next then? Uh, you know what? As of right now, we're just going to be basically living off of his check and see what it takes us from there. And hopefully more jobs starts coming up and he starts putting more time over time to where we can actually say we're okay. So now you're just stuck waiting on this check to hopefully arrive. I'm guessing you get up every day and, and look for it again. 
Yes. And I did my unemployment. And on top of that unemployment, I still haven't even been able to get to unemployment. Um, It's been a really hard, rough road, to be honest with you. And unemployment is not helping either. Well, I really hope that this gets better for you and your family, uh, Claudia. I know that you messaged me on Facebook. That's how we knew about you. Will you update me and let me know? Hopefully things get better soon. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, and I will go ahead and keep you updated. Claudia Hernandez, uh, hang in there, you and the family, and I hope things get better soon. All right, so we've got Tamiko Coco Jones. I love Coco. Can we use Coco? Yes, that's fine. Thanks. <laughs> Coco, what is going on with this? Uh, you know, everybody calls it the stimulus check. It's really an emergency relief check, or at least it was supposed to be an emergency relief check. But what's going on with yours? It doesn't sound like it was much of an emergency to get it to you yet. Well, if I was meant to have it, I haven't seen any type of notice or anything. So Mm -hmm. the issue I've run across in the past almost two weeks now is that it'll, I put in my information. It's asking for my 2019 um, filing information, which I already did. And it tells, gives me an error message and says that either my, uh, my information hasn't been processed yet, or it allowed, it wants me to enter in the 2018 filing taxes. So I go ahead and do that, and it's still showing me an error message. I do get uh, far enough to enter in my banking information and everything, and then when I push continue, I just get the error message, and then it tells me to try in another 24 hours because I've uh, entered the information too much. So, Coco, the good news for you there is you're able to get way further into this site than a lot of people I've heard from. They can't even get past, you know, just entering the most basic details. And then it says, I don't even recognize you or can't determine your status or anything like that. Exactly. The bad news is, though, even though you're getting further into the process, you still don't have a check. No, I don't. And I uh, then I assumed when I looked at my tax information and actually called the uh, person that prepares my taxes, I had been in um a victim of fraud through the IRS. So every year I have to wait on this letter that comes to them giving me a PIN number. So I don't yeah. know if that's the holdup because I can't get no further than Here that. Here we are almost May and you don't have this check yet that went out a couple of weeks ago. Do you need this that badly right now? Yes, I do. Um, so far, in which was a surprise to me, we did get a check for your, last for your Friday. Job. Okay. Yes. But the schedule that I normally work drives 10 to 12 hours a day, but we're mm-hmm. only guaranteed six hours a day. So you've gotten a diminished check that you are still receiving from work, yes. but at the same time, you were looking at this IRS check thinking, this is really going to help, but you can't get it. No, I can't. And so how are you hanging in there right now? Well, I was able to um, just be proactive and, and talk with my uh, my renters over here in the apartment complex that I moved in. My uh, want my car insurance, the finance, the car people that finance my car, and all the other bills have had things in place for me to just prolong or make a, some type of smaller payment within this first thirty days. I don't know how everything is going to work because May is next week. And then it's, the cycle starts over again. So you're struggling to a degree here, and, and you know that this could get harder as you go forward here. Uh, how about all the other people you see 
in in your daily life right now is is this you know a lot of people in this same predicament yes um i do keep in contact with some of my other co-workers and um mm. unfortunately all of us have had to have side jobs with driving or you know working for the school district um, and now you can't do either job. No, because believe it or not, I actually was working on a third job in addition to finishing school. And all of that has been put mm-hmm. on hold because my weekend job was working at the movies. That's mm-hmm. over. And um, a cabin specialist at ABM Aviations in um, DFW Airport. That's mm-hmm. that's not even happening. So Coco, here you okay. are with three jobs and you can't work any of the three jobs. How are you doing right now? Honestly, um, I've been having anxiety attacks and I can't sleep. And I literally am just been in this apartment by myself for it's weeks. I rarely go out. If I do, I may sit on the balcony, but I can't afford to drive around and do anything. I need to save the gas I do have or I just, I don't know, pray and just hope – Something, something has to change. I did see a light at the end of the tunnel. Of a longtime friend contacted me and asked me if I sewed. I said, "Well, ooh, I hadn't sewed in a long time." And she actually bought me a sewing machine. She lives in Oklahoma. She paid for it, and I went and picked it up in Louisville yesterday. So she said, "Well, maybe you can make some masks because I know a lot of people that need some." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, thank you so much." That would be a fourth job then. Well, th- it'll be the only one that I'm able to do right now. <laughs> wow. Wow. Coco, you're you're working your tail off and, and I wish we could break through the bureaucracy for you. It's it's ridiculous that you have somebody who is a hard of is as hard of a worker as you are and, you. and and caught behind this bureaucratic wall. Yes, thank you so much. And I really I was just really shocked at you, uh Jason Wheeler, mm-hmm. who uh when you contacted me I was like, wait a minute. I have a cousin named Jason, and I thought that was him. And I was like, no, he's actually contacting me. I really appreciate you just, uh, you know, just just getting back with me. It just, you know, it shows a level of concern that I hadn't seen anywhere else in any of the other jobs that I've had. Well, we care. Uh, and we know that a lot of people are sitting in your shoes right now. They're going through the same thing. And, uh you just you have so much empathy right now, I think, for other people, uh, just because you see so much suffering everywhere you look. A lot of people are really struggling to make things work yes. right now. And we just want to do what we can to see if we can get these gears moving, because it's uh, it's crazy for a lot of people. A hey, update me on, on what happens with you. OK, thank you so much to both of you guys for contacting me. I really, really appreciate it. And God bless you. And God bless you for making those masks. <laughs> Get, get that sewing machine out, Coco. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, get back to work. We've, we've kept you long enough. I know. Thank you so much, guys. You have a good one. Wow. So, you know, you, you, you can hear that, you know, people are trying to make ends meet. They're trying to stretch and it's getting harder uh, as we go through time here. And those checks still aren't arriving. You know, millions and millions and millions of people, Jason, have gotten their money from the IRS. Uh, but so many people are still waiting and they don't know. Is this wait going to be days? Is it going to be weeks? Is it going to be months? Are they ever going to see this money? A lot of people really want yeah, a lot that. of people need it. And, and here's the thing. It, it's not just, you know, contractors or bus drivers. 
It's also doctors. And I, I wasn't expecting this to be part of our podcast at all, thinking that doctors are in need. Because you think of a doctor like, hey, you know, he must be loaded or she must be loaded if, yep. if they're a doctor. Somebody sent us a GoFundMe for a doctor's office to keep the doctor's office open. Why would they do that? Well, keep in mind, people have lost their jobs. They may have lost some benefits. They're, they aren't going anywhere, especially to a doctor's office right now. So doctors have, have essentially you know, had to, had, had to shut down. They can't do very much. So this is a doctor named Dr. Mark Mazo. He's in Dallas. He does uh, a specialized uh, ophthalmology is what he works on. He's a small practice. It's just him and a, and a few other employees. And he was really counting on another form of government assistance called the Paycheck Protection Program. This essentially, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard about it, but essentially covers your cost for salaries for two and a half months. He applies for it when everyone else applied for it uh, earlier in, in April, and he didn't get in in the first batch. Congress just refueled that whole account, $310 billion more dollars, and now he's hoping to get it again. And listen, they need it because this doctor is not, he said he's not, you're, you're going to hear this, Jason. He's not paying himself, but he wants to make sure his employees still get their salaries. Dr. Mazel, how are you? Good. How are y'all? Doing well. well, Yeah, doing well here. Um, Tell me how the coronavirus has first impacted your practice and what you do. So uh, I'm uh, an ophthalmologist, but I'm a specialized practice. My specialty is called oculoplastics. That's basically, um, I am an ophthalmologist, but I don't fit glasses. I don't, um, I don't, uh, do cataract surgery. I don't do that. I do eyelid surgery and tear duct surgery and surgery around the eye. So my practice is, um, really a 90, 90 plus percent, uh, surgical. So the coronavirus, rightfully so for public health concerns has really basically shut my practice down um and and how many employees are we talking about also i am all i'm the smallest of small practices i'm one doctor and three employees so i am a small business by definition uh and so my i've been able to because i had some cash on hand to um pay my employees i was able to make payroll last month on april 1st uh not paying myself um one of my employees was medically furloughed because she had a sick kid and she has stayed home and she's on furlough this month and since we did not get our check on the first round of the ppp hopefully we'll get the second round and be able to make payroll this month and bring everyone back Mark, you you talk about how you stopped paying yourself, but you're still paying those employees. It's such a personal thing, isn't it? And and I guess you feel this great sense of responsibility when you're a small business owner because you know these people. You're close to them. They're like family. Uh, A small small practice is is like a like a family. And I'm as the as not to be paternalistic in any way, but I'm like the father of a small family. And uh, I am, I feel very responsible for them. If I don't, if I'm not able to make payroll, you know, they don't pay rent. They don't, you know, feed their kids. And, and so whenever there are issues with that, and there have been before, because 
occasionally insurance companies don't pay and occasionally Medicare will hold on to money for a while that, you know, you, you pay your employees first. And as a matter of fact, my practice has always been to pay my employees by direct deposit and to pay myself by paper check so that um, I may not deposit my, my paycheck every month until they're paid and everything else is taken care of. Wow. So, salute to you for that. Like a lot of um, small businesses, Dr. Mazo, you were relying on the Paycheck Protection Program since you're physically not working. Um, the first round comes out, you put in an application through your bank. Tell us how that went. With the first round of the PPP, with the CARES Act, um, you know, I've been banking with a large bank, Chase Bank, for 30 years. Um, and was, when they were Texas Commerce, uh, that's when we oh, started wow. with them. That goes back. Goes back. That's right. And um, so what happened was that uh, when this was coming out, I, I contacted my current banker, who's very, very nice, very nice guy, has been very helpful when he can. He what said, did he say? He said that um, he has nothing to do with it, that the bank is handling it separately, that keep checking the website and the application will be up. Chase was the one bank that said, we don't have enough instruction. Uh, we're not going to put up the applications right away. So they were delayed by 24 hours. 24 hours later, uh, their applications did go up on their website, but they were the servers were overloaded. I finally got in later uh, that afternoon, was able to fill out a preliminary application uh, and was told to wait for a phone call to finish the application. Did you ever get it? Well, so uh, uh, I kept checking with my banker. He said he can't, he can't check anything. A week later, um, he said that he would take care of it personally uh, gave me the documents to submit. I submitted them. Um, he uploaded it. Uh, so this is a week later, a week after that, um, I got an email from Chase saying that I submitted my application too late. It was my fault. And I had a hundred thousand applicants in front of me and uh. for the four stages of their submission process, my application was in the application received pool and Not good and they acknowledged this was a group email um from the woman who's the head of chase business banking and basically said you know you're you're just kind of uh, out of luck but but you know we'll keep you better informed we know we haven't kept you informed we'll keep you better informed there are so many people who went through this right along with you, though. Oh, yes. I mean, when we when we heard this figure at the beginning, three hundred forty nine billion dollars set aside for the PPP, which is the Paycheck Protection Program. Basically, you keep paying your staff for eight weeks and that loan can be totally forgiven. It's it's like a grant at that point. And so there's no wonder that there was a big run on this. But certainly when you heard that dollar figure, didn't you expect that, okay, I'll, I'll be able to get something out of this. That's a lot of money. We all expected that we... How, how confident are you that you'll get money in this second go around? Well, I made a decision to um, switch to a small bank. Um, so I... I um, I lost confidence in the, in the big bank, um, even though um, in my banker, I actually, when I when I got the email um, saying I had 100,000 people in front of me, 
and it was basically my fault for applying too late, um, which I didn't, but that's what they say. Um, that he said, well, I, that he was, he was advising all of his clients to go to any other bank or lending source they could and make applications with as many people as possible. And that, oh. that he actually was, was very nice about the whole thing. He said, anybody else that I apply with, if, if, if he can give them any information, he would. But so I made the decision to, to go to a small bank and, um, you know, made an application with them and they actually worked, um, got my application up in one day, ready, ready to roll. Um, nice. So your prospects look better this time around with this new pot of $321 billion that just hit. And with, um, 60 billion being earmarked for small banks. So I do feel, you know, what's, you know, what's weird about that. So, so you're saying that they told you that there are people who are basically just bank shopping right now and just going from one institution to the other and filing multiple applications for this. Yes. Boy, that seems like it would really muck up the works, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Mark, how much longer can you last without this Paycheck Protection Program? Um, not not much longer. Um, I think, you know, it, unless we uh, – so the Paycheck Protection Program, I just want to be clear, it really helps – it's going to help keep my employees paid, but it does not account for – the other expenses that we have in keeping the practice open. I mean, my payroll is half of my monthly overhead. But it doesn't cover insurance and the other expenses you have, clearly. No, it does not. It does not take that into account. And 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 that's a that's a real issue. The other loans, the the economic injury disaster loans, mm-hmm. EIDL loans that the SBA has, I actually applied for one of those uh, over a month ago. And wow. um their 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 money ran out apparently this new uh, bill apparently gives some money for that but um you know i keep checking with the sba and they tell me i'm i'm better off with that than a lot of people because i applied so early and i'm i'm yeah. in the position to maybe get one but you know if they get money back mark that that leads me to the next thing i wanted to ask you about somebody sent us something um from gofundme and this is a gofundme account that's set up for a doctor's office in North Dallas, um, it says, you know, help keep this this place open, this doctor's office open, and the physicians working. They're trying to raise one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, and in the last three days, they raised seventy-five thousand hmm. dollars. My first reaction was, "Wow, is this yeah. what it's come to?" Yeah. yeah, that would be my first reaction too. Uh, do you think that this is an isolated case, or is this is that kind of where where things are for? doctors in private practice like I, yourself. I think a lot of doctors um, feel the same. I don't know anybody else that's actually done a GoFundMe, but a, you know, a primary care doctor's office is, that's the, the first line of defense for the community. And, and, you know, someone like me, who's, you know, sort of at not even the specialty, but the super specialty level, um, you know, we're, we're, we're at a different uh, situation, but yeah, if the primary care doctors, you know, fail, then people will end up in the emergency rooms and end up in county hospitals. And so I think it is, I think a lot of people are, you know, desperate to find the funds that are not available anyplace else to keep their doors open. 
Doctor, can you tell us a little bit just what it what it's like down here on the street? Because, you know, we hear, you know, news conferences held by different people. And depending on who you listen to, the sky is falling or things are great. Uh, it's clear, though, that there's going to need to be probably a lot more help uh, down the line as we go down, you know, the months ahead. Uh, this struggle is real. And a lot of people are experiencing this right now. The struggle is real. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're only uh, a, a part of it. I think that um, I, I, I can understand the, um, you know, the, the under undercurrent of uh, unrest out there because people, you know, want to get back to work and people want to make money and people have, you know, rent and, and mortgage and, and bills coming up on May 1st and, a lot of people are not working. And so um, it, I can understand this is not, this affects, you know, everyone who uh, is not a, you know, a, a, a salaried employee someplace. It affects us. And even lot. a lot of those are being affected too. A lot of those are being affected too. In medicine, um, you know, at first we thought that the, our colleagues who are in, you know, academic uh, positions with medical schools and employed by, um, institutions were going to be better protected and they are to a certain degree, but many of those doctors are being laid off now too. Recovery is going to take a long time. It's going to take a while. Mark, thanks so much for the insight, man. I really appreciate it. And I had no idea of kind of the burden facing doctors. And as you say, you know, you guys really are the front line to keep people from ending up in the emergency rooms, which elected leaders are so concerned. Those ERs and those hospitals will be overrun with people. That's why we're social distancing. Well, that's yeah. that's exactly right, and I and I think that you know, if if medical practices uh, are going to need help, because we don't want an access to care problem in the future for this. Well, really hope that he gets through this time around, Jason. You know, interesting thing: the last time when they had three hundred forty-nine billion dollars set aside for this last month, that money evaporated over 13 days. I was just reading a very smart guy from a bankers association here in the in 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 the United States and he thinks that this next round of money could go within 3 days. It was just finalized at the end of last week. He thinks it'll be gone by the end of this week easily. We'll see if it plays out like that, but doesn't surprise me to hear that the doctor had problems. I saw a study that said uh, that businesses with 10 or fewer employees were only 18% approval rate for those PPP loans versus businesses that had more than 20 employees. They had a 52% approval rate. So the real little guy has been crowded out of the trough, at least in the first round. And we know that a lot of big companies got that money. So we'll see how it goes in the second Yeah, big round. companies are getting the cash. And I, I interviewed uh, Congresswoman Kay Granger for another program that we do, Inside Texas Politics. And I, I asked her, she's the most senior Republican woman in the U.S. House of Representatives. And she represents Fort Worth and Weatherford and, and part of Decatur and the, uh, in the North Texas Metroplex here. I said, after they voted on this second round, do you expect this will be enough money or do you think a third round 
will have to be passed by Congress in order to keep small businesses afloat. And she said a third round is most likely going to be necessary. These small businesses, there are so many of them that are worried they may not make it to June. They may not make it to July without some type of either reopening, which I think a lot of people say may not be that safe right now, and a lot of industries cannot do that, or without some type of financial help. So more is is hopefully coming. But the question is, can people who need it, like Dr. Mazo and his staff, can they get the money that Congress allocated? And Jason, more Texas businesses got these loans than any other state in the country in the first round. Again, we'll see if that holds up in the second round. But you wonder even about those people who got money in the first round. This covers them for a couple of months of payroll. Well, you know, they're already a couple of weeks into that now. And so will they still be able to keep going if things don't start opening back up? Might we see some of those businesses have to repay those loans because they did end up having to drop their work? Yeah, Texas and California got the, the two biggest chunks in there. And construction companies mm-hmm. got a lot mm-hmm. of the money, which struck me because construction companies are still considered an essential business. These guys are still working right. now. I'm not in that field, Jason, but I'm thinking if you're still working, you probably have some kind of in- income coming in. Uh, a lot of folks on right. the East Coast, uh, you know, those, uh, those Yankees, were making mm-hmm. a big deal about Texas and California getting so much of the money from the Paycheck Protection Program. And, and I can kind of see that. They've had much, uh, much worse of a go as far as the health goes over there. But listen, this economic pandemic that we're in, Jason... This is not just confined to the East Coast. It's bad everywhere. It's bad in California. It's bad here in Texas. So if businesses... Yeah, you don't have to have the most cases to be the ones suffering the most. And these two states probably have more small businesses than most other states. I I would bet so. Small businesses in Texas employ 5 million people. And if businesses close in in New York, uh, you know, the the same impact's going to happen here in Texas, too, uh, regardless of that. Nevertheless, though... We appreciate you guys listening to this. There are a lot of folks who are stuck in bureaucracy trying to get get through this to get some of the assistance they need. And, and wow, we heard today they really do need it, Jason. Yeah, and we are wishing everybody all the best out there if you are one of those in that boat where you are uh, basically scooping out the water and trying to keep that boat afloat. Hang in there, and uh, thanks for listening to us today. 